Welcome to the Trinity Church Aberdeen podcast, where you can listen to our most recent sermons. To find out more about who we are and what we believe, visit trinityaberdeen.org.uk. Well, good morning, uh, Trinity Church family and everyone who is watching this live stream. It's a great delight to be able to bring you God's word this morning, uh, and I pray that you may find it helpful and encourage us all in these um, difficult days. We're in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 12 to 31 this morning, um, so please do uh, have that open in your Bibles um, as we read it and look at it together. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who has measured the spirit of the Lord or what man shows him counsel? Whom did he consult and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice? And taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding. Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are accounted as the dust on the scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. Lebanon would suffice for fuel. Lebanon would not suffice for fuel nor are its beasts enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are accounted by him as less than nothing and emptiness. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness compare with him? An idol? A craftsman casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts for it silver chains. He who is too impoverished for an offering chooses wood that will not rot. He seeks out a skillful craftsman to set up an idol that will not move. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows on them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, that I should be like him, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing." 
Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Where is God in a coronavirus world? God and the pandemic. Coronavirus and Christ. Those are just three of the titles of books I found whilst looking for coronavirus and God on Amazon. I, I stopped counting after I got to 30 on the first page, so you'll You'll be glad that, that I only said three today. As our daily routines, our society, our economy, and our world comes crashing down, what happens? We start to think that so has our God. Our internal despair, the despair of the world around us, pushes us down into the ground and squashes our view of God. As, as we get small, so does the God that we worship. And, and it's not just in coronavirus times, is it? You know, in comes a razor-tongued atheist colleague, and they seem to debunk our, our whole rationale for, for God in, in just two sentences, and we, we question his power. Our plans and hopes for the future end in failure and we question his goodness. As, as darkness clouds over us, the light seems so dim, like a candle flickering just about to be snuffed out. And this is how the Israelites are feeling, verse 27 they are saying that their way is hidden from God. Why is my right being disregarded by God, they ask. We, we came to the first half of this chapter just before Christmas, and, and it's a wonderful chapter, and it marks the beginning of, of God's promises to shepherd Israel out of exile. Uh, this section is, is known as, as the book of comfort, but, but boy, has bad news just hit. In chapter 39, Babylon has been brought to the fore as a nation that is going to receive God's people into captivity. Yes, there will be peace and, and truth in Hezekiah's own day, but the descendants of Hezekiah are, are to go into exile. And they are to go into the hands of Babylon. Big powerful Babylon, the place that was feared for its military might and was filled with love of false gods. 
And, and Isaiah prophesied that the people of God were to be taken by them. And, and yet as quickly as the darkness of 39, we have comfort. Chapter 40, verse 1, comfort my people, says your God. The, the wickedness of the people was great, but, but they are God's people and they are his and he loves them. And as we saw in 1 to 11, he promises the exile will end, that their iniquity will be pardoned and God himself will rescue his people. But the question is, can he do it? Is he, is he powerful enough? Can God's people really trust these grand promises when, when they're so far from home, when they're facing the power of Babylon? Well, here in these verses, from verses 12 to 31, here we have God's emphatic answer to that question as he shows his power in, in four different ways. So number one, power over creation. Look down with me at verse 12, and, and we see God's power being demonstrated over creation with, with four images. Look at the first one. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hands? You know, think of those moments when you get up in, in the morning, you you dozily stumble through to the, the bathroom. You turn on the tap and, and you you cup the water in your hands, don't you? And you, you splash it in your face or, or you, you drink some, just, just trying to, to wake yourself up. Now, how much water can you hold in your hands? A, a few mils, maybe? And, and only for a few seconds as you, as you desperately try and, and squeeze your hands together so that none drips through the, the cracks in your fingers. Well, this God is the one who holds oceans in his hands. Look at the second image with me, still in verse 12. Who has marked off the heavens with a span? With the same hands, he, he takes them and he measures the galaxies and puts them in their place. Thirdly, who has enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure? God's creating is, is so different from ours, isn't it? I think I've told you some, some of you about this before, but w when I created a log store in the summer, I, I knew I, all the things I needed to acquire, you know, the, the wood and the saws and the nails and, and the drills, all of these materials that, that I needed to make it, but, but I never measured the, the particles needed to make these things. In some sense, yes, I created it, but but in a whole nother sense, I really didn't, did I? I just took the materials. But God's creating is not like that. He creates from nothing. Fourthly, who has weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance? Think of all the massive mountain ranges, the Alps, the Himalayas, the Cairngorms. They, they seem so huge, immovable. Well, this God can weigh them. The closest we get is when we pour flour into um, 
are mixing ball, that, that bit too enthusiastically, and we have this big mound. That, that's about as close as we get. This God measures the mountains. For man, the, the universe is unmeasurable, but it is not for God. Four questions here, four rhetorical questions, helping us to see what the God whom Isaiah has announced is coming is like. As we weep and and we ache and our heads drop, Isaiah tells us to look up, to look at what God can do. God, can can you really bring us back from exile? God, can can you really redeem my my hardwired atheist colleague? Friends, of course he can. He is the almighty creator. He is supremely worthy of our confidence. That brings us on to our our second aspect of God's power this morning. Power over false gods. Power over false gods. Look, Look down with me at verses 13 and 14. Who has measured the spirit or the mind of the Lord or what man shows him his counsel? We've seen this God of mighty creation doing doing all these mighty acts of creation. And and our atheist friends want to say to us, well, how did he do that? You know, who, who created God? Verse 14, here we have, whom did he consult and And who made him understand? Well, the answer is that they cannot grasp that that God has no beginning and and no end. He, He is not like us. And so verse 14, whom did he consult and and who made him understand? Well, it, it seems a while now, doesn't it, that since our, our building project was starting to get launched and we're, we're hoping to, to renovate um, this building. I, I know it's been um, a frustrating process for, for many uh, as we long to, to be in here together, don't we? And um, to share the gospel with our city and, and invite them in. Um, great news on, on Wednesday that, that hopefully that process is, is starting to, to move along a wee bit more. Um, but if any of you followed that quite closely or, or been in something similar, then you'll know what an incredible amount of, of people are, are involved in a project like that, even up to this point. You know, we've got builders and, and architects and, and sound engineers. We've got the, the city council and, and the church session. So many people having having so many meetings and, and discussions weighing up people's opinions and and deliberating for hours and hours on end for for what is the best course of action friends this is not so with god he, he's not seeking anyone for advice he he's not in need of of covid experts you know, he, he doesn't need things repeated to him so, so he can understand. He, he doesn't need to be instructed in what is right and what is wrong. He doesn't need to be taught knowledge. 
He needs no one to show him the way of understanding. This God is all-powerful and all-knowing. And friends, that is exactly what you need to hear when you're in a foreign land with a foreign God. For in, in Babylonian mythology, that their creator God, Marduk, was, was said to have overcome opposing forces and, and nations to create. And that, that he too consulted a, a pantheon of, of gods in decision making. And so this has been really pressing for them. Because in the ancient world, if, if one nation <laughs> conquered another, the implication was that the conquering nation's God was, was superior to them. And so the Israelite on the ground is, is surely asking, has Marduk outwitted my God? Has he fooled them? Has he went one nil up in the match? Well, not so, my flock. I know all things. I am as powerful in wisdom as I am in creation. No God of Babylon even comes close. That brings us on to our third theme of of God's power this morning. Power over the nations. Here is a real crux of the matter that, that Isaiah has been getting to. The nations. Does God have power over them? Power over Assyria, over Egypt, over Babylon? The mighty nation of Babylon, a place of power and and wealth and security. A a nation that laughs at those around them, that that thinks they can go toe-to-toe with this big nation. A nation that has destroyed puny little Judah and swallowed its people into its land. And God says, Babylon are like a drop from a bucket. Verse 15. Think about when you've, when you've carried that bucket to Bucket full of water to, to wash your car or to wash your plant. And, and a little, little drop of water just slides down the side of the bucket and drips onto the floor. Did it make a difference to you? Did it bother you? Did it stop you doing the job you had set out to do? The nations are like a drop from a bucket to God. They are accounted as the dust on the scales. He takes up the coastlands like fine dust, verse 15. Lebanon would not suffice for fuel, nor are its beasts enough for a burnt offering. Not even Lebanon, known for its vast forest, not even they could provide enough wood to to provide enough to worship this God. Lebanon, Babylon, America, China, North Korea, in in all their power and might, they, they do not have enough to provide worship he truly deserves. 
What are the words of, of the great hymn when I survey? Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were an offering far too small. For verse 17, all the nations are as nothing before him. They are accounted as less than nothing and emptiness. And it's, it's not so much that they are worthless, but, but they are matchless. You know, it's like Muhammad Ali, you know, back in his heyday with all his power, stepping into the ring and the cameras switch and it turns to his opponent and there comes wee skinny Jimmy, barely filling his shirt and and barely with enough strength to, to lift up his gloves. You know, just ring the bell. Judges, write down your score. Don't even bother stepping into the ring. The bout is over before it's even began. Friends, look at the world around us. Nations with military might, with with more money than they they know what to do with, leaders with, with extreme power, and yet, all of them brought to a halt by a virus. I don't know what you're, you're tempted to fear today. Maybe it's the effects that the hate crime bill might have in, in work, or, or, or maybe it, how it might hinder your, your sharing of the gospel with others. Maybe it's it's bringing up your children in, in an education system that, that is steering further and further away from, from Christian ethics. Friends, whatever it is that you're fearing today, whatever it is, know that it is nothing before God. Three ways God's shown his power over creation, over false gods, and over the nations. And, and these themes are, are continued right the way from verses 18 to 26. Look at them with me. Verses 18 to 20, they're, they're exposing the, the silliness of, of worshipping things that, that can't move in, in comparison to the one who's made them move in the first place. Verses 21 to 26, God is the one who has dominion over his creation and power over the nations. It is God who sits above the circle of the earth, who who stretches the heavens like a curtain, verse 22. Again, the nations look big and powerful, and yet he makes the rulers of earth as emptiness. Dictators and, and their reign seem long and unending. And God says, verse 24, scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown. Scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows on them and they wither. Like a child blows on the white dandelion he finds on the ground. So quickly, so quickly can God dispose of the nations. What 
Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, that God cannot see you, that God is not powerful, that God is not able to deliver? Brothers and sisters, it's so easy, so easy, isn't it, to lose sight of this proper view of God. So easy to get caught in in the crossfire of of pain and and the power of this world. That's what the Israelites are doing, verse 27, isn't it? But but what does Isaiah do next? He directs our eyes to the Lord, verse 28, to the Lord, for he is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He, he does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He says, look away from yourselves and look to him. And do you know wonderfully that, that as we do that, he gives power to the people. That's our final point for this morning power to the people. God is is powerful over creation, the the false gods and the nations, and yet he still, he still gives power and shows concern to, to the faint, to the lowly, to the one who has no might. It's tempting, isn't it, to, to think that because God is so big and, and powerful that that he surely can't care about a little old me. But friends, it is because God is all-powerful and that he, he does care about us, that, that nothing is too small for him. Francis Schaeffer once said that, that with a very big God, there are no little people. Isn't that amazing? With a big God, there are no little people. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, uh, some of you will know who he is, um, one of the most talented footballers of, of his generation and, and never shy to, to make an outlandish comment. He, he's still playing professional football at, at the age of 39. It's really quite remarkable. It, it just seems like he, he's going to go on forever. And, and he said recently, I am like Benjamin Button. I was born old, but I will die young. But Isaiah says to him, and he says to us, verse 30, even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But... But, verse 31, For the one who waits for the Lord, he will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Waiting on the Lord. That's what Isaiah wanted the people in exile to be doing. Waiting. We often associate waiting with, with quite a passive thing, don't we? 
you know, we, we wait for the bus that never comes or we, we wait for social distancing to be over. But, but this waiting is not like that. No, waiting is active. It's, it's actively taking hold and, and trusting in the promises of God. It's taking hold of, of what God has said to be true of himself and of the world and of, and of us. It's trusting in him. For, for those exiled people of God, it was wait, trust in him. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And friends, for, for us and in all our earthly waiting... We seem to be doing it a lot, don't we? Waiting for the vaccine. Waiting to hug those that we love. You know, whatever it may be in our, in our earthly waiting. Brothers and sisters, let's wait for this more. Let's wait for our God to come again. Wait for the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven. Wait for him to wipe every tear from your eye. Wait for death to be no more. And wait to dwell with him. Amen.